What can a Navy SEAL tell us about taking action and leadership? Let's begin this episode, everyone. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Sagi Schreiber, and welcome to the Commit First podcast. Today on the show, we have Sean Metzen, who is uh, a former Navy SEAL and also a businessman, also a father. Um, and I brought Sean to kind of like explain about his view of what business and leadership is in a world where he came from the military service, um, coming from a, a very short military service here in Israel myself. I can say that I learned a lot from this you know, experience and brought it into my business world. I wanted to ask him about him uh, and how he sees things. Uh, we talked a lot about kind of like leadership and taking care of your people, but also we talked about um, a bit of mindset and taking action versus inaction. Everybody enjoy this episode with Sean Metzen um, and let's begin. So what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Commit First podcast. And today we have Sean Matson. Sean, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Dude, definitely. Um, I've met you on Clubhouse, um, but as soon as I heard you talk and you mentioned that you were a Navy SEAL, and I was like, okay, like we need to talk because I think like I think there was, it was kind of some, some kind of business room or something like that. And um, I think there's a lot of lessons I learned from the Army uh, serving here in the IDF um, that I brought into my business, but I bet you have so much more. You're like 13 years, you know, on deployment uh, or in in the in the service, um, and I would love to pick your brain about that because you're also a businessman, also a family man, and you have so much going on. So, thank you for coming on the show, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was uh, glad, you know, when we were talking about it back and forth, uh, you know, over, over uh, direct message and stuff, uh, you know, and then I, and then I saw, you know, the podcast and looked at a couple episodes, you know, absolutely. It's, it's exactly what I like to talk about and, you know, help with. And, you know, cause you know, I, I don't, I don't think that I learned anything more than what you learned uh, in, in your time. You know, I think the thing is, is that, that it, it's, it's becoming, a master at those basics. And that's really the key to it. And, and understanding what we learned in those experiences, whether you were a breacher, uh, an infantryman, a SEAL, a sniper, ultimately those things that we learned um, have a lot of basic elements to them to make sure that you're safe and you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. And then that can translate into the business world as, as principles. And it's just understanding that mental change and, and it's just a different language, right? Like, you know, you can't go in and be like, I'm going to blow up every door. Like <laughs> It's like, but as a breacher, right? You learn small unit tactics. You learn how to control, you control something because if you mess up that breach, you know, ultimately you're, you're going to kill someone, right. um, you know, if you do it wrong. And so, there's uh, math calculations, obviously, because if you, again, if you, you put the wrong charge on a door, you yeah. can kill someone. So there's, yeah. a, there's a high risk to some of those principles, but the guys that are great at becoming a, a master breacher understand how to master those basics. And, and they're simple things of, you know, are, are, is your math right? It, you know, is everybody in the right place where they need to be? Is everything set up the way it needs to be set up? The perfection of, of just getting that element where it needs to go and then right. ultimately controlling that situation to execute yeah man i mean that obviously also in the army you have like these things that each one's like 
in charge of or you know the specific roles um i think we have that in business as well right i mean like ceo is ceo side commander in chief i think like both of us can talk a lot about leadership and one thing that i really want to get in is like something you talk about which is action versus inaction um i think most of the talk is going to be about that but um just before that just to recap so um how about you give us a bit of a glimpse into your role right now um you know we can talk about like the um family and business what do you have going on just really really quickly i know we talked about yeah real right quick now. yeah yeah no worries so 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 for me i have i have three things and, and it was and i got asked this years ago and 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 it always sticks with me it's like in in a few few sentences what do you want to be remembered for and what do you want your tombstone to say and and, and three sentences or less and for me it's my work my working out and my family so i want my work to make an impact you know i want my working out to inspire others and then i want for my family i want to be able to lead them and help them be the best versions of themselves that they want to be and so constantly use those three things for me there there's there's this myth of work life balance and and anytime you put anything into balance it means that you you the definition of balance is equal yeah. and, and putting things into in a proportionate and so that to me translate to if you have work life balance that means you're putting 50% effort into your family and 50% effort into your work and i don't believe in that i don't think that that's that's how you do it and the way i use it as i have those three things and those three things are where i put my I hyper focus and put my priority of effort into if my family needs something at a specific time and they need my attention then I try not to let the other two distract me. And the same right. thing goes with my work. If I if I'm if I'm on to something at work, I try not to let the try not to let those other two things distract me. And that takes work and it's constantly working those but I hyper focus on those and and I think for everybody looking at it it's you know owning your calendar and not letting your calendar own you is 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 the basic principle right. behind it all so right right and 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 going back to action versus inaction you know i, I just had a um a call with a coaching client yesterday and she was talking about um she knows what she needs to do but she's not getting to it you know she's like procrastinating and um i was like so how does your calendar look like and she's like well you know i, I don't know I, i don't use the calendar much i'm like can you really like you know yeah. um so i mean and and it comes down to really saying okay like I, the calendar is the best way to show that you have intentionality that you're going to do something and you're saying what you're going to do and then you have it black and white black on white you know just like written down that you're going to do it and if you don't do it you can go back and look at your calendar and say i didn't do it right so it's like kind of like self accountability in in a in a way right in order to get things done um but so you say you work your workout and your family and your work right now you have a lot of businesses going on like not a lot but you have a couple businesses going on you have i know you have a partner and you two are kind of explaining the, the the task but can you brief us about uh the businesses yeah so the 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 core business is a company called mapbox uh m-a-t-b-o-c-k and uh, we do innovative technologies and products that we sell back to the government. So, you know, primarily looking at what we've taken as our time in the military and then getting those uh, products back to the soldier, sailor, Marine, airmen all across the, all across the globe. Um, you know, I know when we spoke, you know, we've, we've got some products that we've had uh, luckily enough to get into the IDF and getting them deployed uh, immediately. Um, 
And another company we've got is our supplement company, which was just launched uh, called Cardomax. And uh, Cardomax is, is a Latin um, for um, heart, obviously, cardo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's short for cardo, cardio max, or cardo maximus, uh, which was the north-south running road in Roman times where they would build the city off of. And so our supplement company, um, people nice. love supplements, but we took a different spin on it and um, created all of them in a proprietary uh, emulsification process where we take powdered ingredients and emulsify them into a liquid form because uh, it's proven that anything in a liquid or a gel form will get into your body more effectively and more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And so we see all these ingredients that are out there and everybody's using powdered or tablets. And it's like, but, but there, there's no research that supports that. Everything actually supports the opposite, that it should be in a liquid form. And so mm-hmm. we created our supplements in a liquid form so that it gets into your system faster and more effectively. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately for the end user, they're able to use less of those, or we're able to use less ingredients um, and, and, and be more effective with, with how we uh, inter- introduce those products into the person's body. Um, got we've got a medical device company that we talked about earlier that right. we're going through FDA process. And that's one of my companies that um, my business partner primarily focuses on. Mm-hmm. And then another company that does uh, consulting work for the government. Again, that's another thing that uh, my business partner primarily focuses on. So, you know, <laughs> out of out of a few companies, I, I only focus on two. Nice. No, I mean, I love that because you're a lot like me in a way that um, I also have I like three businesses at the moment, um, two are multiple six figures and um, this podcast and, and coaching business, right? Are just kind of like, you know, not... It's kind of like the side project to it all, but it's growing fast. So I'm like, okay, this is going to yeah. end up taking more of my time very soon. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I totally get it. I mean, I, I'm also into a lot of things. What do you think about like the guy who's talking about the one thing? By the way, you're also a family man, father of three, one on the way. Yeah. Soon, soon to be four. Yeah, soon, soon to be four. four. Yeah. Amazing. Exactly. Congrats. Congrats. Um, so, so, and, and, and you work out, I mean, and you, like, we can see if anybody's looking at you right now and seeing your body, this is like, you know, just the upper part, but you see that you have some gain there. So, um, uh, that means you have a lot of, um, you're very active like, uh, all the time. Right. And so how do you see these things in regards to, let's say, um, that book is called the one thing remember that so um yeah how do you see that well uh the the the, the four-hour work creek no no what the the, the one oh. thing i think it's called the one thing oh. um where he's talking oh. about like you know how how people like should focus only on one thing and i know that i have a lot of yep. i know some millionaire friends that are you know always focusing on one thing and i can't ever i don't know why <laughs> it's in my nature not yeah so I think the thing, I think that ultimately here's the thing, the, the purpose. I, so I haven't read that book, but I, I'll definitely put it on my list to look at, but I, just thinking about it real quick, my, my thing would be is probably the reason why that author took that perspective is because so many people won't act on something. And mm-hmm. so if you start putting too many things out there, they, they start half fasten everything, right. you know, and, and they don't commit to one thing to get it across the finish line. So mm-hmm. um, while I have a lot going on, right, um, we talked about this a little bit before, but for, for our first product, 
which is a funny story and I'll get to it here in a second, but our first product was a cargo net system for the military. So you've flown on a, a C-130 before, you know, there's big cargo net pallets and things like that, that the military ships gear and moves gear all over the world with. Um, we, in 2006, we were flying from San Diego to Alaska and there's about 30 of us putting together this pallet. And we're like, this is the stupidest system ever. This is horrible. It's designed terrible. And my now business partner, Zach, we, we flew eight hours up to Alaska on the back of a C-130 looking at this cargo net and said, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. That was 2006. Hmm. We didn't start the company until 2010, but from 2006 to 2010, we had this idea. We were going to sell it to the, the company that makes the cargo net systems and, you know, be cajillionaires because they were going to license our technology from us and all this stuff. We'd already started through the patent process and that never happened. They, they weren't interested in it. Hmm. And everybody that we talked to said, you just got to get that product to the market, get that product to the market. So we spent from 2010 till 2013. So from, so literally seven years from the time we came up with the idea to getting the product on the market, we mm -hmm. focused on getting that one product to the market. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where the funny story comes. We've only sold one of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been our worst product oh, wow. ever. It's, it's, it, it, like, <laughs> we've, we have sold almost none of them. And we've spent, I don't even know how much money if you look at money as you know, not a lot of money, but a lot of time, obviously, yeah. which is yeah. money. We spent seven, eight years getting this product to the market. And like I said, we've literally sold one of them. And um, we thought it was going to be the greatest idea. What it helped do for us, though, was pave a path to say, I know how to now get this, which is our newest product to mm -hmm. the market. And, and, and now I understand the process, what I need to yeah. do. And that's laid the path work there. And now it's just a simple plug and play method. So like for, for getting mm -hmm. this product to the market, it was only a couple months. And then in, in the last few months of getting it from the market, we've already moved over 60,000 of these packets because we understand the process, but we were so focused on that one product years ago to get us there and now we have that path and and literally everything comes quicker yeah. it just because you've got a better process and we've stayed focused on that uh and so that's what i would say suggest though is until you get to that until you get something to where you're happy with where it's at like you said you, you have you've got a couple other businesses you've launched those and they're not just an idea anymore you're actually making money off of it, right? So then now you can take that and and rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, and and right. that's how you that's how ultimately how you're scaling businesses. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, because the process is the thing. I mean, you have to learn through the difficulties. You push through that, um, and I think you get out with basically the learning curve or whatever it is you need to create. And so yeah, so I guess. For what you're saying is, first of all, focus on doing something you want to get, like push it through the finish line um, and, and make sure you do it well. And then you can go and focus on the next thing, right? Right. It, you know, again, it's, it's just getting that, it's getting that, that path down right. and understanding how to get something. So, you know, it, it, yeah. and, and the beauty is, is once you, the, the hardest sell is, is that first sell. 
it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's getting that product to the market and making that first sell. That that's the hardest one. Once you do that, you've already, you've already broken down the, a lot of barriers for that. So you've already gotten that one. sell. now it's just ultimately treating that person the way they want to be treated as a customer or a client yeah. and nurturing that relationship. So they buy again and again, and again, and, and continuing right. to add more value than you take from them. Right. And so going to in, into like, okay, we're talking about business and, and, and you have a lot going on in life as well. Um, and we're talking about like the um, work-life balance, you know, broken methodology. Um, what do you think? Because, I mean, you've been through some stuff. You've been through BUDS, which is right a crazy process not not a lot of people in life go through that um you've been through a deployment you've seen stuff what do you think how did that affect you when it comes to business now yeah so for me it it is it allows me to put a lot of things into perspective um mm -hmm. obviously because um you know uh it's the the it's it's getting it's getting really good in mastering those basics uh, of, of again, whatever it is. And I know we talked about it a little bit before, but, but understanding that, um, for me to get that product again to the market and get it sold, I had to be really good at, at, at just putting one foot in front of the other and going through that process. And then how you get that from taking seven to eight years to a few months is going back to the basics, understanding that, you know, you, you, you really look at, okay, that product, here are the challenges that we face to get that to the market. Okay. How do I fix that? All right. So going back and looking at it and say, okay, um, you know, for, for example, a patent to get a patent for a product, we've got um, almost 10 patents. Now, one of the things that we did was we started creating a database of words for that particular product that we're looking at. And anything that we think is similar or close and the search results from Google. Well, now we send that to our patent attorney and it lowers our cost to get a patent, but also increases how fast we can get a patent to uh, published because we've already done a lot of the heavy lifting for him because he's not having to send um, um, a, a legal, um, uh, what's it called? Can't think of the name right now, but basically uh, a provisional, provisional patent, but the, um, person underneath like a, a, a lawyer uh anyway so some kind of legal like yeah. okay yeah yeah um yeah but like having their um having his secretary or someone else like that oh got it got an um, intern intern you know putting in that time and effort we've yeah. already done that for them because yeah. you know it, it, it they're going to go back and look at those things and they might find some other things to add in there but we've already done a lot of that work so now we can get a mm -hmm. patent to uh, to, to a provisional patent a lot quicker than what it would be if we just handed them everything and said, Hey, here's our idea. And then they're doing all that extra work. We're, we're giving them a lot of preloaded information, but, but that's a simple thing. And I'd rather do it myself or have one of my team members do it than pay, you know, yeah. <laughs> someone uh, on a legal team to do it for a couple hundred dollars an hour. So yeah. um, it, it, you know, just going through and, and, and getting those basics and in having that process where you you keep refining that to get better and better and better at it. I mean, and and just going into 
lessons learned from the army brought into business, right? So uh, one of the things is uh, sometimes you got to get your hands dirty, right? And, and do things yourself. Like you got to know what you can do. And sometimes if you, you got to appreciate and don't like delegate everything like crazy, but you know, know that sometimes it's just a matter of you taking things into your own hands, right? I guess in a way. Um, on the other hand, it's probably trusting the people you work with. I don't know, but um, what are some some um, aspects that you took right now? Because you probably, how does it, like you're mentally tough more than other people, I would say, right? I, I don't even know you that much, right? But I know you're probably mentally tough more than a lot of other people that are business owners. And I think um, mental toughness is one of the main things as a business owner that you should have, right? Um, and there are some principles behind that, that um, when I say mentally tough, it's also about like execution. It's like when you procrastinate and you feel like, oh, I don't want to do something, but then you're like, okay, you know, you're shutting down the bitch voice and you're acting, you're carrying it out. Um, can you talk about that just a bit? Maybe you have some principles behind that. I don't know. Like, yeah. You know, um, leading in, in the teams, I was, you know, I was an officer, so I had guys that were, um, you know, underneath me, but I, I never looked at them as, you know, I am, I am in charge. You need to follow me, blah, blah, blah. I saw them as equals in, 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 in every aspect because they all brought different things to the table that I definitely did not have. And, and so you have to look at any business that way. Um, you know, even as a CEO of a company and right now I have, um, you know, between all the different companies and everything, we've got about 50 people that are, you know, again, quote unquote, underneath me, but I value the person who is at the bottom of that rung just as much as I do my, my co-founder Zach in this. Yeah. And I respect them for it too, because again, they, they have a different perspective. They have different lessons that they've learned. And, and I'm not going to be able to identify everything that, uh, that they might know. Now there is a um, worker, manager, and leader uh, role in that, right? Mm -hmm. And a good example, and I forget what book it is it, 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 that I, it's in, but if you think about chopping down trees in a forest, so you got the guy that's working, and he is just chopping down trees, chapping down trees, chopping down trees, and you think about like you know a jungle where you can't see anything but you know maybe a few feet in front of your face. You have the manager that's a few feet behind him telling that worker, you know, just keep chopping, just keep chopping. And then you have that leader at the top of the trees that's constantly looking out and saying, yeah. hey, that's the direction we need to go. But if that's not a you know, connection down to the lead, uh, down to the guy at the, at the ground doing the work, if you're just relying on the manager to tell you stuff, you're not going to get the perspective of what that guy is or a girl is that's doing the work on the ground. To hopefully make things more efficient and so there has to be that conduit between everybody and mm -hmm. in open lines of communication you know for for military term uh and making sure everybody can communicate up and down the ladder to to make sure that everybody's moving in the right direction um, yeah. and hopefully that answers the question on that yeah i mean i guess it's one principle right like so having the direct communication and um and and between the different sources. How about like when things get tough? How do you deal with situations when times get tough? 
I, I have to work out. <laughs> so that's, that for me is like my, my stress reliever. Um, mm-hmm. there, there'll be times I'll be at the office and, and, you know, I'll just say, Hey, I'll, I'll see you guys later. I, I need to go work out, but mm. it allows, and, and they all know like, Hey, that, you know, don't interrupt. Let, let Sean work out either thinking about something or need to need to solve a problem or need to say, say something or just answer a question to somebody, you know, uh, you know, I try not to, if, if I really want to think about something, I try not to just fire an answer back at them. I, tr- I try to think about not only how is this answer going to affect right now, but how does, you know, steps two, three, and four uh, are affected by whatever um, mm-hmm. answer or, you know, um, implementation that we're trying to put in place, um, you know, and, you know, going, going back to the original question, you know, one thing that we've really stressed in, in our, in our organization is, again, we value everybody's opinion in that, right? Yeah. Ultimately, everybody understands where they rack and stack in that. And, but, um, you know, we want to treat people the way they want to be treated in that. And so we have the culture um, within our organization. So like our, our director of operations, a, a lady named Melissa, um, I give you an example of something that she did on her own and, and never even asked Zach or I, and, and nor she, she have to ask us. Um, we had, we had a new hire in our company, um, was going through some hard times and, um, needed, needed help. And we could tell that she needed help. And, um, well, she did, um, Melissa did. And Melissa just said, Hey, you know, what, what, what's going on? You know, you're kind of showing up a little bit late, like, you know, what, what's going on? Why, why this? And so she said, she's having a really hard time. She's not sure if she's going to be able to pay her next month rent. Um, you know, and she's trying to be here, but she's got some unpaid parking tickets and some other things and just things kept mounting up. And without question, Melissa said, bring, bring me everything you have, bring me all, all your unpaid parking tickets, bring me your registration for your car. I'm going to pay for it. There was a couple of hundred dollars. Right. And, and she just looked at her like, are you kidding me? And, and she literally had only been with us for a couple of weeks. Like, hmm. and it's not something she was a longtime employee or anything like that. She had literally been with us for a couple of weeks. She was still on probation with us. We, we put everybody on a 90 day probation yeah. period. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, it's part of our, 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 right. our, uh, business principles. Um, and she said, well, what, you know, why, why would you do that? And, and Melissa looked at her and says, because the last thing I need you to be worried about is, is, is an unpaid parking ticket, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's the last thing you need to be worried about. Like, you have to take care of your kids. You have to take care of all these other things in life. Just bring me those and I'll take care of them. And, and we did. We took care of them. And, she, you know, she's still with us today. And, and yeah. th- that simple thing like that. But that's something that I would never ask Melissa that like, Hey, you know, Sean, Zach, can, can I do this? Like 100% that's just treating people the way they need to be treated and, mm-hmm. and, and doing the right thing. And so that's all, all day long. That's within her, her rights to do that. You know, we have other things in there, you know, if people want to uh, join a local community center and, and for workouts or other things like that, I will pay, you know, I, I say, I, the company, we will pay for that person to join that that, that workout community center or, you know, do things like that. We've, we've done little acts like that where, um, you know, people like to go to the zoo. So we've bought their family zoo tickets to go to the zoo on a weekend so they can go enjoy that. But just trying to create a culture where they, they see that there's just not a number. There's just not an employee, right. like, but 
I also value every aspect of them. Nice. I love that. I love that. Um, I always have, I have someone who is, uh, I, I know, is a really good CEO on that front, like taking care of his people. And I always consult with him, like, and what presents or what should I get to the people that are, you know, with me? But I'm like, um, uh, it I definitely gets me thinking always about like, okay, how do I treat my people always in the best way? Um, it's, it's open. It's opening their. It's opening your ears and being present, right? Like if you're right. if you're CEO and you're you're not around your people or talking to everybody again, there's that communication. Yeah, you won't pick up on some of those things, and sometimes it can get lost. And and yes, it is harder when you have hundreds of thousands of employees and things like that. I, I get that, but you know, if if you if you start with two employees, when you get to fifty employees, you know, you're going to still have that mentality. If you get to hundred there's ways to work those out. Even, even great shows like, you know, undercover boss and other things like that, where, you know, they have hundreds of thousands of employees, but they put themselves and they immerse themselves back into, you know, the, the front lines of whatever right. organization to, to understand what's going on. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's definitely ways to do it. And, and, and again, just CEOs need to be, um, understanding that they need that information just as much as they need the information coming from their directors. Right, right. And um, I guess th- this conversation went into leadership and, and a lot of like um, um, CEO advice, I would say maybe, but um, I want to bring it back for a second to the solopreneur, to the one who's right now sitting at home and starting or the business owner that just started um, and uh, or, or the coach, right, that work alone, uh, maybe with a very small team remotely or anything like that. Um, what would your kind of two cents be, or like your tips for them uh, based off of your experience be in order to take action on their dreams? Don't be afraid. Uh, I was just actually talking about this earlier on Clubhouse. Like don't, <laughs> don't be afraid of um, having someone tell you your baby's ugly. <laughs> and, and I know right. I, it's like, you know, a lot of times people want to get this, this, this perfect book or this perfect product or this, yeah. this, perfect uh, uh, funnel and all these things like that. They're looking for perfect. And, 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 and you know, as well as I do, you, you never were on a mission that went hundred percent perfect, right? You never did a training operation that went hundred percent perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the reason that is, is because even though I think it might be perfect, you might think it's not right. And so the person or whoever you're selling to or other there's always someone else that has an opinion to something. And so while like, like I love this flavor of our uh, energy intensifier, you might hate it. That, that, that's okay. Right. Like I, I'm okay. I'm okay with saying, Hey, maybe it's just not the right product for you. You know, thanks for giving it a try. Right. And, and, and moving on because I'm going to find someone that does like, it. they're going to have the same flavor palette that I do. And, and that's the person that I need to focus my time and effort on not trying to sell someone that, that doesn't want my product or service. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into, again, action will always be inaction 100% of the time. And I don't care if you're even moving in the wrong direction because what's going to happen is you're going to learn something by moving that you're not going to learn if you don't do any action. And so people get wrapped around the axle with, you know, they have to have, the, again, the perfect everything and spend a lot of time on, on all these things that really don't matter. Put the money, you know, if, if you're, if you haven't started yet, start, 
That's, that's the best thing to do. And, and put whatever you've got, even if it's $10 in your pocket, put that $10 towards getting your first sale. And then if you make $20 from that, put $20 into the next sale and then $40 and 60, you know, and just keep adding, adding, adding back to it. And because you can, you can sell and build a business with, again, the change in your pocket to go. You don't need hundreds of thousands of dollars or, or, or millions of dollars saved up in a bank account. It's such a misnomer uh, in business. People think that you have to have this, all this money and, and you really don't because everybody understands when you're just starting off, you're not going to be like a global brand, you know, like, like Nike, right? You're not going to have the marketing budget that Nike does. You're not going to have the brand appeal like Nike does and all these things like that. You're not going to have all these creative things to do. So just do the best you can do, get that first sell and, and focus on a, a mentor of mine always told me if, if you can farm in your backyard, you can farm anywhere. And, and the same thing goes with business, right? If, if you can sell someone in your backyard as close to you as possible, you can sell anywhere, any, anywhere to anyone in the world. So really hyper-focus on that local area that you're in yeah. and try to get that first sell and then just keep repeating that. Nice, nice. And um, I want to ask you about your, um, just a bit about your um, habits and in order regarding like goal setting. How do you how do you set your goals? Do you have um, do you have some kind of process? Yeah, I do. So you know, I look at again. They're they're for me my my three my my family my work my working out my family, um, and so I'm constantly evaluating those and looking at those. You know, in terms of um, you know we talked about earlier the calendar. Um, I schedule everything. I schedule my workouts. I schedule my dates with my wife. I schedule I schedule all these things out. Mm -hmm. I schedule when when you know, I need to pick up my kids and when I need to be there for the bus or when I need to do all this stuff, because that right there means that no one else can schedule time in there. I don't mm -hmm. let anybody else, you know, I, I use <clears throat> different apps and stuff like that for scheduling. Yeah. But once it's on there, it, it, it means that no one else can take that time. And, 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 right. you know, there are times that I fail at that, but like, I try so hard not to let those times get interrupted with stuff. I mean, and yeah. inevitably it does happen. Um, but those are my, uh, those are my times where I put that effort into whatever it is that's on my calendar. So for mm -hmm. example, right after this, I've got my workout scheduled already, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to get my workout in. And then after that, I've got the rest of my day already scheduled out. I got, you know, other, other things, but I just chunk them into my, my calendar to make sure I can accomplish what I need to accomplish that day and really focus on what it is for that period of time. And then don't let other things distract it from there. And by the way, um, so I'll go back to that in a sec, but um, right now it's 11 a.m. or almost 12? Uh, 11.50, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, um, I also kind of like do my exercises midday. Um, where do you work out? In the gym? You probably have a gym. So right, right now... Right now, I have a gym in my garage. I'm actually, um, I'm training to break a world record. <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, there's, yeah, there's, uh, on April, April 3rd, um, the, I'm, I'm training to break a world record. So you've seen those big uh, explosive ordnance disposal suits, the EOD suits, um, the big bomb suits. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So it weighs about 80 pounds. Uh, the current record for one mile is uh, 724. 
Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to break that on April 3rd. Oh my God. So oh my God. Wow. I've been training for that right now. And so <laughs> are you running out because, in the street with this suit? <laughs> uh, so I was, yeah, like, you know, uh, I've been running in my neighborhood. <laughs> uh, it's funny. <laughs> with the suit on and, um, but oh, the, look at the, that again with the... Yeah. Yeah. We had some funny looks the other day. Um, the, uh, uh, the attempt is going to be April 3rd. It's going to be at um, a, a university up in Washington, DC. Um, and, and, and so I'm going to be doing the male record. And then there's a, a female, her name's Katie. She's going to be attempting the female record. Uh, oh. We're going to both be doing it on the same day on April 3rd. So nice. Good uh, luck. You know, but, yeah, thanks. But, you know, we talk about goal setting. So, you know, it's something that, um, that I'm just trying to set as, as new goals for myself, you know, and, and I, I love to work out. I do work out. And even if I don't have um, like a world record attempt or something like that, I just work out. I, I feel like though those workouts are typically not as intense or not as focused as the ones when I, when I do set a goal because I'm now working towards something and not just working out just, just cause I love to work out. Yeah. Um, and so like my workout intensity has gone up significantly, um, you know, since putting, putting that goal out there. And so I like putting those goals and things like that out there to, you know, to still achieve. So, um, it always gives me that. And, you know, cause we all have it if you're working out or if you're doing something in business or anything, you know, you have your mind kick in and it will tell you, Hey, you know, just, just skip that next set or just skip this. And, and, right. and it's, it's so easy to listen to that and, and not do it or, you know, eating, right. It's like, Oh, you know, just have one more donut or have one more. It's like, Nope, Nope, Nope. Can't, can't, you know, I'm trying to yeah. do this. So um, it's just having that accountability of knowing. And that's why goals are so important when you're trying to set that again, you know, it, it, it helps in, in scheduling for your calendar and making sure you have all these things in there. So if you want, you know, if you want to make a million dollars in this next year in business, well, you, you need to put, okay, million dollars at the end, Mark, that's your, that's your goal. And then break down each month. Okay. I need to make this much money each month to do that. All right. I need to make this much money every day to do that. All right. I need to make this much money every hour to do that. Yeah. And, and, and while it's not a, you know, straight linear path, it gives you a goal that every day you're looking at and saying, okay, am I above goal or am I below goal? Okay. I'm below goal. What did I, what can I do better to make it above goal? Okay. And then it just gives you those things. So you're not trying to look at a million dollars. You're only looking at, you know, maybe $10,000. Well, that's a little bit easier number to swallow or something. So. Right, breaking it down into small pieces. And do you have a specific um, tool that you use to keep yourself, you know, to break down those goals and see if you achieved it or you're, you know, above or below goal? Uh, well, just look, like I said, the, the calendar, the but calendar. then I have, I have, um, yeah, I use my calendar for that. And then, um, you know, I use, I, I, I'm Apple, obviously, uh, yeah. being on Clubhouse. So I use my notes section mm -hmm. and the, where I can look at my notes on, on my phone, I can look at my notes on my computer and I set those in there and then I set those benchmarks and then I go back and review them. Um, nice. You know, I have my, my task list in there. Just for me, it's just easier. Um, I've had other apps to use for task lists and put priorities, but um, you know, inevitably I found that I spent more time trying to figure out what's a priority and when this should go. And so I just write it all down on a list. I focus on 
what I need to do at the top of the list. I right. always put them, you know, I guess, you know, kind of the most important or what I need to make sure I accomplish that day. Yeah. Um, but I, for like daily things, I, I try to accomplish three big wins in a day. And then everything else is kind of gravy on top of that. So if I can get those three things accomplished, I feel like it's a successful day. You know, typically nice. speaking, I'm able to get more than those three things done, but uh, those are the three things that I, I, I get done and then, and then, you know, look to, to accomplish the other things. But inevitably after I accomplish those three things, like six more things come on to my plate. <laughs> right. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. It's definitely. Just how it works. Yeah. Um, all right. It's cool. So, I mean, we're, we're coming close to the end here. Um, and um, my, my guess is like, would you like to go for just a few more tips regarding actions ver action versus inaction? Yeah, you know, again, I, you know, well, I want I want to be respectful of the time too, and know, you know, I think that, you know, as we look at action versus inaction, it it that fear of looking at something and being afraid that someone's not going to like it or someone's not going to, you, you you always put this, and everybody does this. We look at social media and they're like, you know, oh, I want to grow my Instagram account to a hundred thousand followers, and you see someone that has a hundred thousand followers, and you're like, oh, what well, that guy look at all the stuff he can do with his, like mine doesn't look as pretty or as nice as that, or look at the quality. But what you should do is go back and look at his post one, right? I guarantee you it's not yeah. as good as his, right. you know, 10,000th post, right? The first Joe Rogan podcast episode, you know, was probably, I haven't ever listened to it, but if you go <laughs> look at some of those things, if you're in podcasting and, you know, look at those things right. is because they're not great, right? But, right. but they, they ultimately put themselves out there and they started yep. and they kept going at it and they were consistent with being, with going at it. You know, know uh, uh, why people fail at workout routines or losing weight. You know, I know this is a little bit off topic, but why people fail at those things is because they keep trying the new fad. Well, now it's keto. Now it's paleo. Now it's this. Now it's no carbs. Now yeah. it's this. Ultimately, the easiest thing to do is eat more good foods than you do bad foods and work out more days than you do not right. and, and get good. You know, it's like, it, it's very simple and basic. All you have to do is be consistent and show up and do the work. You know, it, yep. you can, you can yep. lose weight as eating paleo. You can lose weight as vegan. You can lose weight, you know, doing all these different things. You can also fail at all those things because you didn't show up and you didn't put in the work yep. and just keep being consistent with it. So, so yeah. um, I, I'm very much a action versus inaction. No, I love it. I mean, and um, just to end with this. So everybody here listening or watching this right now, just think about what is one thing that you need to be more consistent on and that you can show up on and maybe even take action today. Maybe when, once you hear this episode, just think about that. Hope we got you thinking. Um, so everybody, um, if you're watching this right now and liking this uh, um, episode and you got some value out of it, please go just take a snapshot if it's on your phone or if it's on YouTube, take a snapshot right now and share it on Instagram and tag Sean Matson. It's just at Sean Matson, right? Or Sean dot Matson. Yeah, Sean dot Matson. Sean, all right, Sean dot Matson on Instagram, Sagi Schreiber. Um, and also you can tag commit that first. Just tag us, 
show us that you got value out of this episode, everyone. And um, Sean, thank you so much for coming uh, on the show and, and giving value, bro. I appreciate you. Uh, you're, you're awesome. Absolutely. You, you, I mean, some, some things here, I think like are so, um, um, I think you like are so in your system already that when you're talking, you're, you're not talking like the tough David Goggins kind of like Navy SEAL kind of talk, right? You talk so like, um, um, you're, you're very calm and you're talking like very humbly, like, so thank you. I appreciate it for being like being honest and being authentic and being kind of like just, you know, Hey, it is what it is, you know, uh, appreciate the value that you give out of that perspective. So thank you so much, man. Um, and congrats on Absolutely. the fourth child. Yeah. Appreciate the time. And thanks. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you for, uh, allowing me to come on and, you know, look forward to, to seeing us go and then, um, sharing this around. So thanks. Definitely. And I'll see you around on clubhouse. <laughs> Definitely. We will. All right, brother. Thank you so Great. much. Appreciate it. All right. All right.